I'm so happy to have you with us this week on the show as I bring in to join me my friend and yoga instructor, fitness trainer, Megan Nolan, and we talk about the warrior's journey. We're going to take a look at some ancient wisdom, how it applies to actually the entrepreneur's journey and experience in today's digital world. And we have a lot of fun doing it. We have a great time talking. We get a little bit frank with the language. So just a heads up on that. And I know you're going to get a lot out of this conversation, whether you are an entrepreneur, whether you're just going and growing through this life, whether you're looking for ways to better yourself. There's so much rich information in this conversation. So thank you so much for joining us. Living in a stressful world doesn't mean you have to give up on happiness. Instead, you can shift your perspective of stress and discover how to live your life in flow. Welcome to Happified. I'm your host, Susie Vine. Join me for inspiration and interviews with folks who are shining their light in the world in the areas of positive mindset, health, and wellness. I'm so happy to have you here. Welcome back. I am so happy to have you with me this week on the show and once again inviting a guest into the studio with me. I'm thrilled to have Megan Nolan joining me again on the show. You might remember her from an earlier episode. We will be sure to link that in the show notes and we have a lot of new ground to cover. So I'm thrilled to introduce her to you. Let me tell you a little bit about Megan before we dive in. Megan Nolan helps purpose-driven entrepreneurs get out of self-care overwhelm by creating a meaningful morning routine that leaves them feeling amazing and sets them up for massive momentum each day. She is the creator of the Purposeful Powerhouse Practice, which is her unique combination of yoga, toning exercises, and mental fitness that gives you the tools you need to amplify your energy and impact in all areas of your life. And coming soon to your favorite bookseller, keep an eye out and we will definitely be sending out an update, The Warrior's Journey, Ancient Wisdom for the Modern Entrepreneur. Her new book will be released very soon in the future. It is absolutely spectacular. I've already had a chance to read it. I read it cover to cover. I did the practices. It is a very engaging book, not only to read, but also just to, well, to dive in on the journey. So let's dive in with Megan. First, thank you so much for making time to join me. Thank you so much for having me. Great to be back. It is always a joy to share in your energy. And I feel like you, you see me, you get me after reading your book. Like we, we build a business because we have a passion for something. And then I think a lot of entrepreneurs get into this process, their journey, whatever that might be, and find out there's a lot more on this road than we ever expected or anticipated or want to deal with. And that overwhelm is real. So I'd love to hear a little bit about, about how you came to this place, but also what inspired you to make this book to inspire other people on their journey. Oh, yes, 100%. And I'm glad that you feel seen and I feel seen in your statement just there. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking the analogy that came into my head is when we start entrepreneurship, we think it's this like nice little gentle path through the forest, but it turns out it's like an LA freeway with overpasses and all the things. And it just, for me, that was the instant visualization (laughs) that came into my head, considering where I'm at right now. But yeah, that is it. And that's really part of the reason why I wrote the book is because 
We see all of this on social media of, oh yeah, it's the laptop lifestyle. Just create your online program. And then your laptop basically turns into an ATM while you're on the beaches of Hawaii drinking Mai Tais. And it's like, I got sold on that idea myself. I'm not going to lie. The reality is that's not reality. (laughs) If it was, the beaches would be so full. You wouldn't want to go down there to sip your Mai Tai. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yes. So really, there was so many different motivations behind writing the book, but one of them is to share these tools with people because I wrote the book that I had wished that I had in a few years ago because we see so much of the external shifts of oh these are the strategies you need to follow and this is what you need to do and here you need to be on this platform and this is how many times you should post and how many stories and it's enough to make your head spin and a lot of the time we don't talk about the inner shifts the personal growth that is part of the journey (laughs) and necessary for you to evolve into the person that you get to become to bring all of those beautiful things to life because it's not start at a get to z it's we got to meander our way all the way around in the journey we think it's a straight line but it, it is not and so really that was the motivation behind this is to share these tools that have been so influential for me and for my community and my students. And I believe, hopefully, for many entrepreneurs around the world to be able to support you in your journey. Beautiful. And I know that yoga isn't, I I don't think we can even say it's a fad anymore or a trend. I feel like it's been decades now. It's come back into the foreground. We know it's beneficial for our bodies and our mind and spirit. And as someone who has practiced yoga here and there for quite a while now, not as consistently as I could, but there's always room for inspiration. And your book definitely serves that up. Getting to know the story of the warrior was really fascinating to me because some of the poses have names that stick and there's the various warrior poses that are very different. And I never quite knew why this was the second one and that was the third one. And, and I just love how you brought the story to life and how you were able to make very old wisdom and parable, if you will, really align with what we're facing every day at the computer or in the trenches, if you will, (laughs) trying to make a go of a new enterprise. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that feedback because yeah, that was, it was an interesting revelation for me. And so what, what you're speaking to just to catch everybody up is that as you may or may not know, many of the yoga postures have ancient stories behind them that inspired them and that's why they're named what they are and the yogis would look around and see these qualities in nature and read these stories and realize that they have so much to teach us when we begin to embody and activate the qualities that they have so for example we hear of mountain posture and so we look at a mountain and we see a mountain is physically very steady and still and grounded but uplifting and rising and reaching and so that's what we're really activating in our body, in the pose, but simultaneously, energetically. And the story behind the warrior, which is the story of Virabhadra, who was a warrior that was created out of rage and devastation and given a mission and 
charged forward on that mission and navigated many different challenges along the way and as such grew and evolved that to me was a very influential story at a time when I was really struggling and it was taught to me about eight years ago when I was in a place of complete exhaustion and burnout and anxiety and sadness and was really in a lot of that spiral of self-doubt and uncertainty of the classic I don't know if I'm I have what it takes am I really cut out to be an entrepreneur I can't seem to make this work it's really hard I thought it was going to be easy what's wrong with me all of that all of that stuff that is for the most part very common and then sometimes I think more so people are talking about now because it's the reality is it's part of the reality of entrepreneurship is learning to conquer our mind. And that is the warrior's journey. And that's the mission that he was on. And so learning to conquer the mind, which is the essence of the yoga practice. And so it's interesting, the parallel, because it really, I think, is the journey of all humans. And that's the essence of the yoga practice, because a lot of times we see on social media, we see all these crazy postures and people think that it's just the flexibility and the physical element and the true depth and the breadth and the beauty of the practice is not being able to put your foot on your head or anything crazy like that, turn into like Cirque du Soleil auditions, but it really is who you become because of the practice, because of what you're activating within yourself on the mat. And so the versatility of the tool set is, yes, it's, of course, there's a long list of research-backed benefits of what it's doing for your physical body, your bones, your muscles, your hormones, your sleep, your brain, your flexibility, all of that. Great. That's great. We need that because you have a body in case you forgot you have a body. And so you also have a heart. You also have a mind. You also have a spiritual connection. And so what the book and what the practice is helping us to do is to tap into that. Because everything you do requires you. Everything you do in your life is a reflection of the energy you put forth. And so when you start from that place of connection to yourself, when you start anchored and grounded and strong and steady and aware and connected, all of the qualities of the warrior, when you start from that place each day through your purposeful powerhouse practice, and that's what the essence of this work, then you show up from that place. And when you live from that place, and let's be real, we're not going to live there 100% of the time because life is going to throw you curveballs and you're going to wiggle and you're going to wobble like you do in any balance pose, but it's being aware of that and how can you realign. So we use that principle of awareness of your alignment physically because you're like, whoa, I'm wobbling. Okay, go back to the pose in life mentally and emotionally. Whoa, I'm wobbling. I'm super doubting myself and I'm focusing on the problem and why isn't it working? Awareness. <laughs> Pause. And we come back. It's a practice. And so, yeah, that's, that's the journey. (laughs) Through the good days and the bad days. And I think I really love that. That's a reminder that I call back on myself often is that it is a practice. It's not about reaching perfection. And I say about health and well-being. it's not about the destination. We're always on the journey. If it was about get to the finish line and get a a medal, (laughs) there would be people who have aced it, but none of us ever ace it. It's all about the choices we make every day, right? And coming back to it when we get off balance, when something comes in and we're not expecting it and it throws us those curveballs. Definitely. Mm -hmm. It's having that practice. 
And I like to suggest to people too, stress management practices, if you want to call them that, don't work if you only use them when you're under a lot of stress. You have to be using them all the time so that you think of using them when you really need them. So even on the good days, when you feel like you've got it, having that practice and that awareness, being grateful for this moment when we're rocking it as much as when we're learning from it, <laughs> it's all part of the lessons. And I feel like you're talking too, I love in the book, you call it bounce back ability. And you're talking about that coming back to it. How do you see that as a muscle that we can be building or what are the benefits of putting a priority on building that if that's not something that we feel like we have? That is, it is really bounce back ability is our ability to get back up and continue. And it's how we look at the problems that knock us down a little bit. And for me, that was in someone who considered themselves a very hardworking, high achieving, make it happen sort of person and had a really challenging time with quote unquote failures and flops because I wanted it to go a different way. And so I made these big stories around what happens when that happens and just recognizing that everything innately is without a meaning we give it a meaning and so when we view these things as part of the journey part of the growth helping us to learn and evolve and become the version of ourselves because we hear a lot about the I'm becoming the next level version I'm evolving I'm realigning I'm up leveling that's what this is, is that without the opportunity to witness ourselves in that struggle moment, to be challenged, to have a challenging time with getting the book out to the world and the form editor and the editor and the going live and the tech and the, all the things. Without those things, we won't learn. One of my coaches, James, says that success is a crappy teacher. And it is. It's that we don't learn as much when things go like smooth and perfectly, quote unquote, around the word perfect, because, you know, who knows what that is, as we do, as when things are a little unexpected, difficult, challenging, perhaps. And the ability to bounce back is our ability to continue forward. And that's why it's so important to have that vision that's pulling us. And that's one thing that will help you to realign and say, okay, I'm going to try again. I'm going to get back up and try again. This, whereas when we're moving towards something, when you see your impact goals, when you see the effects that what you're putting out into the world has on that one person that you've shared it with already, you know that there's other people out there there's other people out there. There always is. However many millions, trillions of people, billions, I don't know, people are on the planet. There's more people that are going to benefit from the work that you're doing. And so it's that reminder because that collective in your head, that's going to tell you, oh, don't bother. No, no, no one's going to want this. Just stop now. No, what are you even doing? You know, the negative committee, they will want to derail your progress, but they will also be cracking the whip and telling you to work harder and go harder. And so there's a very strong push energy behind that. Whereas when you go back to your heart and you remember why you're doing this in the first place, what your purpose is, what lights you up, that's what's going to pull you forward. And that's what's going to help you to cultivate the ability. It's like the ball. That's where the bounce back ability, like we throw a ball. And sometimes if you're throwing a glass ball, it'll and shatter. Whereas when it's a rubber ball, we build that ability to bounce back and go a little higher. And the more momentum you have around something, the higher you're going to go on the next throw, if you will. And so it is 
it's that willingness to see this as a journey and not a destination. It's not a one-stop shop. It's not that linear progress. It's going to be a bit of a roundabout way to get there. And that's part of it. Yeah, I love that. I haven't heard that quote before that success is a bad teacher. I think that's really <laughs> brilliant, right? Because sometimes people do hit it out of the park on their first try and then it doesn't work on the second and they're convinced it's all over. Whereas some of us keep putting stuff together and trying different things and refining and honing and working on that bounce and, and seeing gains. We definitely learn to be less discouraged. And so you already started talking about that tough committee that we hold inside our heads. Mm -hmm. Just be frank. I love when we call it the shitty committee. <laughs> <laughs> I think everybody knows exactly who that might be. And it might be, right. you're not good enough. You're not working hard enough. This isn't what people want. There you go messing up again. There's so many mm. different voices it can take. And, and I love how you really explore the saboteurs in the book. I think that it really brings it home because everybody can relate to, I would say one, but certainly some of them. And how do you see yourself? Because you, in the book, you really openly and honestly describe like how hard it was for you. I love the imagery. You're going to have to read the book to read it, but don't miss the book because I love the imagery. I'm like, I've been at that park. <laughs> oh, the water park. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you again. That was something, you know, it's so funny when you create something and you're like, does this make sense? <laughs> so I appreciate the affirmation, but on point with what you're saying, that's totally the shitty committee that's no, what are you even doing? This doesn't make sense. Not even funny. But then other people read it and they're like, oh my God, that was brilliant. <laughs> you get me. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, and thank you for saying that you feel it too. And we all do. It's by design, the human brain is really very focused on one thing your survival, which makes sense. Thank you, brain. Let's all put our hand on our head and just pray a little word of gratitude for that beautiful brain of yours. <laughs> Got you however years you are here on the planet because of that innately wired ability. But let's be real. Everything that we do, not everything, let's say most things, and that we'll see what that category holds. Most things that we do as entrepreneurs are a little bit threatening. They're a little bit stretchy. They're a little bit out of the comfort zone of familiarity. And as such, it's, is it really any wonder that your brain is like, no, no, I don't think you should go live on Facebook. You're wearing the wrong outfit. Look at your hair. Like, what do you, you know, blah, 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 blah. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> so anytime that you hear that, oh, that questioning, that sort of naggy, critical, mean, and I think we can all agree that some of the stuff that goes on in our head, and let's be real, we're all talking to ourselves all day long, whether you talk to yourself out loud or in your head, I talk out loud, like most people do. So you're not alone if that's you too, is like some of the stuff that goes on in your head, would you even say it to the person you dislike in the world? No, half the time the stuff in your head is so nasty and critical that it's, it's, really quite bizarre how we can so easily be so kind and loving and supportive to our clients and our parents and our kids and our dog and our partner. But then when it comes to ourselves, at least myself, I'm like, and I was fed the idea by one of those characters of the shitty committee of oh, being that critical to yourself. It helps you grow. It helps you improve. You really need that. Honestly, no, you don't. <laughs> no, you 
don't. Again, we don't, we learn more from failure than success. But when we learn to speak to ourselves in a kind way and find the lesson, find the growth, find the opportunity, that's when we really begin to expand and let go of that old pattern because these are old patterns they're wired from childhood and so it's really just it's all all it is and all it really begins with is a practice of awareness and it's and so many different disciplines yoga included that's the foundation of the practice and mindfulness and stress reduction all of it it's just becoming more aware whether that's of how you feel or how you're speaking to yourself it's it's a practice Yeah, absolutely. And I think maybe it's affirming. I hope that's the case that people recognize if you haven't already, if you're not already hip to the secret, everybody has the committee in their head. They might have different voices and different tactics, but everybody's working against the same thing, right? If you have imposter syndrome, you're far from alone in that vein, right? If you think that you're just not putting in enough hours and you need to short yourself on sleep, that's a diatribe that a lot of us hear which is tough when you're promoting well-being talking with people <laughs> about not you not letting stress run your life but then every once in a while you're pulling an all-nighter <laughs> ah the irony sometimes <laughs> it takes falling out of the pose to come back to it and then your balance is a little bit stronger Yeah, absolutely. So I love that. I love that exploration in the book. And if people aren't familiar with that particular concept, some people call it inner gremlin gremlin or inner critic. But I think having that kind of identity of the saboteurs is always really helpful map to start with. What you understand is not as frightening or overwhelming. You're like, I know you, you're the one that's going to tell me that I need to do more here or that I'm not ready to do this yet. It's easier to engage. And that's the thing. And so the framework that's all built on is created by a man named Shirzad Shamin, and it's called positive intelligence. And he's done an incredible amount of work around these characters And what he discovered is that there's really only 10 different ways that we self-sabotage. And that's what, again, is so beautiful that Maya Angelou said is that we're far more alike than we are unalike. And when you read the book, and then if you're curious and you dive more into the positive intelligence framework, which I would highly recommend because it's really powerful, you'll see the similarities. And once you recognize and you start to pick out those saboteurs in yourself, you will see many of them around you and you start to see, oh, okay. That's not as a pointing it out because that's one of them, right? That's a judging (laughs) character that we all tend to have, but that's one we all have in common, but as a mirror. And that's all this is. It's a process of witnessing and learning and growing. And so it is, it's that they're doing their job and we can't push this away. And it's all part of the ego and it's all part of the brain. And it's more of an integration. It's more of a loving acceptance. And as you said there, one of the, one of the things is to begin to witness it and even have a little go with it, have a little play with it, because when they grab the mic and they start to talk all the smack about what you're doing and how you did it and how you screwed up and that all of that. Oh, you're here again. Oh, thanks. Thanks for showing up and giving it a name and just starting to give it a little bit of character and oh it took you so long thanks I've already done that and I'm moving on now and so really just beginning to cultivate a sense of playfulness because we need to integrate those shadow parts if you will we want to integrate these all these parts of ourselves because it's all part of your personality and we're not speaking to like multiple personality disorders we're just we're speaking to these different aspects of ourselves that tend to want to derail our progress and slow us down. And so 
when you begin to use that as a level of, oh, okay, there I am in that old pattern again. Is this pattern supporting me? Does this serve me? And that's something we hear a lot of letting go of what no longer serves us. And the beautiful thing about you and your brain is that with practice, you can shift, right? You can shift. You can literally begin to rewire your brain. And neuroscience tells us that. And that's so powerful. And when you have those responses or those stress responses and you recognize that and you begin to go inwards, become present, do your breathing, whatever it is, do your yoga, you come back to the truth of who you are, which is that beautiful, unchanging essence, that divine expression of the universe, God, whatever word you like. So that's who we are. But this appears, <laughs> whereas the heart is like still and quiet. And so it's such a contrast. And that's the warrior's journey is just catching the head back to the heart, catching the head. Back to the heart. <laughs> Literally every like millisecond sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> And I wanted to ask you too, in, in one of the chapters of the book, and I think this is really great because meditation is something that I have struggled with. And so there are activities that I find very mindful, and that is usually my practice, getting out in nature, having a walk, making some art where I'm just like, I can find that moment of flow. And so in the book, you talk about finding your stick. And again, you're very transparent about your own evolution in your practice of mindfulness and meditation. So I'd love to hear a little sneak peek about the stick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did you know you need a stick to meditate? I didn't. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> okay. So quick backstory is as you just so beautifully said, for many people, meditation was really challenging to me and I avoided it. And of course, the shitty committee had all sorts to sing to say and sing about that because who's the yoga teacher that doesn't meditate? And so when my grandmother was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, she had Lewy body dementia. Me being the lifelong learner that I am was very motivated to figure out what I could do to help my brain. And I started doing research and one of the things that came up over and has been used widely by the Alzheimer's Association is meditation. Meditation for the brain, as far as a development of the different areas of the brain that are affected by age-related decline. And I was like, all right, game on. I'm going to start meditating right now. I'm going to meditate all day. <laughs> you got some making up to do. Let's go. <laughs> seriously, seriously. I was like, I'm in. And so I'm re-inspired, but then I'm back in my normal brain because our brain is just a busy little bunny, right? And so it's just that monkey collective or whatever you want to call it. And I was having a rough go with it again, but now it's highly motivating. Before I was like, ah, screw it. I'll do it later. But now I'm highly motivated. And so I went to my teacher and asked her, what is, what is my, can you please help me? I can't seem to be still. And I won't tell you, but there's a bit of a spoiler wrapped into that is that's how it is actually beneficial is because it's challenging for you. <laughs> if it was easy, it wouldn't be doing that much for you. And so she told me this funny story about elephants and how elephants are super curious and think about it. Like when you think about an elephant, you often see them holding the tail of the mom or their sibling or holding onto a stick or something. And she said, maybe you just haven't found your stick yet. And I'm like, did I miss that day of yoga school? What? <laughs> 
I'm like, no, I'm an elephant. I'm so confused. But I love the analogy. And so I won't spoil it, but just ponder that for a second. Elephants are curious. So is your mind. Maybe you haven't found something that holds your mind steady yet. And that's, you know, what the tools of meditation. And I love that you found and explored different things because again, like we think of yoga and it's like twisty pretzel. No, there's so much more to it. Right. And so when it comes to meditation, you don't need to be sitting on a cushion and listening to beautiful music to be quote unquote meditating. There's so many ways for you to focus your mind. There's so many sticks in the forest, if you will. So read the book, you'll hear the rest of the story. It's pretty funny, but yeah, that's what's with the stick. (laughs) And I will say you did inspire me to get my insight timer back open on my phone and sit down and do a little meditating, starting off small, building those brain muscles again. (laughs) (laughs) Dialing it in on the stick. And that is like we've said already, this is why it's all a practice. And thank you for that. If it was easy, then it wouldn't be as important to us, right? It wouldn't be as beneficial. It wouldn't be the brain training than it is. But how powerful is that? Everybody's talking about how we can avoid dementia. Yeah. And it's fascinating to me how many times mindfulness comes back to it in being more positive all around and building that muscle in your brain. Again, neuroplasticity is way cool. (laughs) mindfulness is proven in so many different aspects. And and I have heard, and I love this, this is one that's always stuck with me too. If you don't have time to meditate for five minutes, you need to be meditating for 10. (laughs) Because again, we were talking before we went live about bending time and not subscribing to this lack of time. And we have the time that we need to do the things that matter. And it's so fascinating to me. Again, my hand is raised at how easily I say, no, I don't have time for that. Mm-hmm. The one thing that would probably transform my whole day. It's funny, isn't it? And the, as a personal trainer and yoga instructor, I hear that a lot. I don't have time to exercise. Do you have time to be sick? <laughs> I don't it's mean really to expensive be abrupt, to go but... to the gym. It's expensive to be sick. <laughs> it is, especially as an entrepreneur. If you factor in the lost revenue and the potential impact to your long term of your business. And so it's challenging because we're very intentional and visionary as a community, but sometimes we're a little bit short-sighted as far as our own selves. And so it's an interesting sort of dichotomy of it's your business, your clients, your team, your content, your Facebook channel, you're the common denominator, but yet... (laughs) We're so externally focused. And that kind of brings us back to the book. We're so externally focused of go do the things, but the personal internal shifts, the internal maintenance and the, as one of my friends call it, calls it like the meat sack maintenance, like taking care (laughs) of your body (laughs) (laughs) because we're so in the head, right? We're visionaries. We're very creative, but when it comes back to the physical quality of the body and doing these simple things that have like thousands of years of wisdom back traditions like mindfulness and yoga and meditation and modern science, modern research, modern brain science is now recognizing like, oh, I guess they were right about that meditation thing. Oh, I guess they're about right about that balance thing. And so it's really this interesting thing about these practices that I think are so applicable. And that's why the subtitle, Ancient Wisdom for the Modern Entrepreneur, because we are we're 
can we begin to integrate these ancient practices into our life to propel us forward in our modern life? And we haven't even talked about the main issue of our modern life, which is our really crappy posture because we're sitting all the time and there's that. And so, yeah, it it is quite interesting to remember that now more than ever, and especially for people that are very driven and very intentional is that when you take care of yourself, that's that beautiful radiance will ripple out even more vibrantly into the world. And when you do practices like the ones we've been speaking to, they do have multi-layered benefits. They are like the OG multitasking. And so why not do something that is literally (laughs) beneficial to you on every level? And so coming back to that just as a tool set is I think really powerful. Definitely. And speaking to that, starting to build the tool set, I'm always a fan of tools, but I love how you've woven through the book opportunities for people to get into their bodies, to take what you're talking about and what, you know, with your wonderful storytelling is really relevant. And yes, I'm excited to engage with this committee in my brain, or yes, I want to have focus and practice bringing my brain back to center. And then you actually give us the opportunity to connect with that, to experience that, which I think is such a powerful way of teaching. Thank you, teacher Megan, and inspiring people to move forward. Can you tell a little bit about what people will find in terms of how they get to actually engage through the book and those resources? Thank you for those beautiful compliments. I appreciate that. That's really important because we are multi-layered beings and reading a book is very cerebral. So I wanted to give you the opportunity to have a very visceral experience because so much of my work is about giving things form, embodying. And so I wanted to give you the opportunity and the experience to really have that moment of connection. Again, meet sack maintenance, if you will, but really bringing it back to what does it feel like? Because it's one thing for us to have this concept on a mental level, but it's very different for you to really give it form and feel it so that it emanates from within you. We know that whole fake it till you make it and all of that. And when we try something on, that's one thing and it's powerful and it begins the process of shifting. But when you experience it from within, it begins to almost blossom forward and blossom out of you. So it is a truth of who you are, right? And it's, it becomes a tool. It becomes something that you take with you when you practice it enough that you, you know that it's there and you can go to it like that. So inside the book, there's opportunities for you to dive a little deeper with journaling questions. But again, that's a little more cerebral. There's also breathing exercises, embodiment techniques, but yoga, little mini yoga practices. So you get up off your sleeping booty, first of all, and come back into strong posture, come back into that energetic presence that we've been speaking to that you're activating within yourself on the mat so that you know this experience firsthand. Because information without application is rather useless, right? We all, let's be real, put your hand up. I'll put both of mine up and maybe (laughs) we sign up for things. We go to the challenges. We listen to them while we're driving. We don't do the workbook, but we're like, oh yeah, I got that. And we accumulate all of this knowledge, but does it get implemented? Sometimes, but not as always as, not as often as we would benefit from. So I wanted to build that into the book so that it's right there. And it gives you that sense of 
the depth of this tool set because it's so much more than flexibility. It's so much more than standing on one foot. It's a tool set of transformation ultimately. Yes. And that's a tool that, you know, we all, it's, it's going to serve us in so many different ways. It builds that bounce back ability. It builds that endurance. It builds that awareness, which is so important. Even only adding to your kit, that practice of awareness is transformational, but there's so many great nuggets, right? You were just talking about treating yourself at least as good as you would a good friend of your own, at least as good as you would regard an enemy, right? We can be so unfair to ourselves. We forget to make ourselves a priority. And as you said so beautifully, you're the common denominator in your business. So who else is going to make you a priority but you? So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If not now, then when? Mm -hmm. And that's a reminder. I've got my hands up in the air already. So pointing back at me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I need the new tattoo. (laughs) If not now, when? (laughs) I need to see that one in Down Dog. (laughs) Yeah, seriously. And and so I'm so grateful that, again, that you made this time and that you devoted yourself and you put your heart and soul into this project because it really is. And listen, y'all, like we're busy girls. I got a chance to take a peek at this book. I read it cover to cover. It is a quick read, but it is profound. It really sits with you, right? The storytelling. I love how the ancient parable matters. Yeah. I'm the warrior. I'm digging right now. You got to read the book. (laughs) I'm still digging. I'm about to break through. (laughs) And so I just love it. I think that Mm -hmm. there's so much we can really draw from these ancient practices and wisdoms, and we don't need to keep inventing new wheels. We can make it simpler for ourselves. Beautiful. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And that was one thing that, again, that was important is because I know that we you have lots on the go. And if you're like me, there's probably six books on your bookstand or in your Kindle or wherever. I wanted to make it little short digestibles. That's how I prefer my chapters anyway, when I'm reading books, but little nuggets that you can just take with you and take in. And even if you just read one chapter, one little bit at a time so that you can begin to let it percolate a little bit and let it sit. And chances are, you're going to just want to fire through it because, and read it again, because there is so much in there, but The idea is for you to begin to integrate it into your life. And so we've all started books that we didn't finish. (laughs) And so making it short and sweet will help you to really get to the depth of it. Because I did save the last chapter because it's the best one. It's the most important one. So you got to get to that one. Don't skip ahead. It won't make sense (laughs) if you do. It's not going to make sense. You're only cheating yourself. You got to read the whole book. It's not very long. (laughs) It's worth it. It's worth the big ending. (laughs) Is there anything else we didn't get to cover today? Thanks for going on a little wandering tour with me. I love to be able to just see where the conversation takes us, but I want to make sure we cover all the key points too. Great question. I feel like we did a really great job of, of giving people some tools now, but also really planting the seeds. And I think really important to remember is that oftentimes we forget, right? Often we get kind of 
hijacked by the story in our mind and knowing that the wisdom of your heart, the wisdom of the true essence of your divine spiritual being self always has the answer. It's really, that is our guide. That is the guide on the journey. And that is your true wise warrior essence that is within you. And the thing is that's within you already, but you're the only one that can wake it up. You're the only one that can do this work. And luckily there's beautiful guides like Susie and this work and these, the ancient tool set of yoga and the book and the warrior Virabhadra, but and myself, I suppose, but yeah, <laughs> but really honoring the call to follow these little inspirations so that you can bring your big vision to life so that you are the one that is showing up for yourself. And I loved what you said, if not now, when, and so when the book comes out, <laughs> which Super soon. everything crossed twisty pretzel, here we go. Everything <laughs> crossed will be soon, but when it comes out, <laughs> I really would love for you to dive into this beautiful ocean with us because when you do the work of you, when you do the work that's in the book, and trust me, it's easy because it's right there inside of you. It's a matter of just tilling the soil, if you will. It is, it's quite profound and you never turn back. And it really is a beautiful way to cultivate that connection to yourself and to your soul and to your inner guidance. Oh, that was good. I knew there was something waiting to be said, and that's absolutely it. It's up to you to tune into your heart. It's up to you to awaken that warrior. It's up to you to come back to the purpose that started you on this path. And so I love it. This is a wonderful little pocketbook, a little guide along the way. Thank you. Thank you, love. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And yep, we'll have links in the show notes. Stay tuned in. You'll definitely hear from me when the book is available because I think it's a great one for everybody's, everybody's entrepreneurial library or not. Everybody's on a journey. So whatever it is that we're in on about creating, sometimes we need to rekindle that fire. Ooh, good one. I like that. <laughs> Thank you so much, my dear. Take great care of yourself. Thank you. You too. Take care, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. To learn more about living life with less stress and more flow, visit happifiedlife.com. Subscribe on your favorite player to catch the next episode as soon as it's out. Sharing really is caring, so please rate and review the show while you're there. And if you know someone else who would love it, please pass it along. Until next time, my friends, keep on shining.